0: Ephesians eleven six through 16 and verse 25. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and, we igno- and, we, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind and wave of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, and by speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects of him who is head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body and the building up of itself in love. Therefore, ridding yourselves of falsehood, speak truth to each of you his neighbor, because we are parts of one another. John seventeen twenty one that they may be all one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that all of the, we may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. This is the word of the Lord.
1: <laughs> uh, well, let's open in prayer, and then we will get started. Uh, Father, we come here not just to hear your word and to listen and to live it, but we come here to partake in your son Jesus Christ. We come here to make ourselves one with you as you Jesus made yourself one and are one with the Father. Lord, make us one as you prayed uh that the whole world may know that you are the Lord, that you are resurrected. I pray this in the awesome name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So Daniel mentioned that I I, I I try as much as I can to keep a format of the 9:30s like a teaching practical life. Uh, this is what you should be doing kind of thing, and the 10:30 is is preaching. You're not going to get a lot of practical things out of it generally, and you're more we're trying to uh, see Jesus more clearly and 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 receive grace through the preached word. But it's, it'll hopefully be a little bit of a mixture. Because I'm deciding to use the last public opportunity I have to talk about church membership because I am very excited about what we're doing in church membership and and so are two of you uh, <laughs> uh, uh if it looks a little bit uh we have got a lot of people out of town today um make sure I'll make sure as we as we close we'll pray for a lot of people who are out of town and, and traveling um, but but I wanted to use this opportunity as the last public time to speak about church membership in, in what we're doing, where that takes us as a church, and specifically what we're committing ourselves to. And so everybody should have the, the newly edited third edition church covenant commitment in their bulletins. If you don't have one, uh, just raise your hand and we'll get you one. But everybody should have one. Because it's, you should know, if you want to be a member, what you're committing to right? And I want us to at least get the depths of what membership is, right? I had been part of several churches in my life, and this would be the first time that I'm actually going to be a member of a church. I grew up in a a church from from my teenage years, and, and I believe that there was membership. I don't know how that pertained to teenagers in that particular congregation, and then I was part of a uh, a, a bigger church of a thousand plus people and I'm not even sure if they did membership. Um, and they might have tracked it a little differently than, than what we're doing. And we're celebrating 20 years as a body of Christ this year. And that's, that's a huge, um, I don't really know the statistics, but I would be willing to get willing to guess most independent churches don't go that far. I don't really know. That's just, a, if anybody has any statistics on that or has a way to figure that out, um, especially through the last few years of, of COVID and um, the conference we were at over the over the weekend in Texas, uh, one of the guys mentioned a statistic. Again, look this up. I don't know. I did not look it up myself. I'm trusting public people who are speaking, uh, which I guess you got to know the source, but he said that there was, I think it was 3,500 churches opened and there were new churches in in America, 3,500 new churches in 2019. Mm. And 4,500 shut down. And so we do know, we don't know what the statistics are, but in the the two years of COVID, that the number of churches shutting down was far greater. And so... What we're doing as as membership and, and how we've gotten to 20 years and and how we've survived the last couple of years through various changes and culturally and just in our body is, is, is huge. Um, and so I just want to remind us how important membership is and what we're doing and the importance of a covenant agreement. And so as we were coming back, we were flying back from Houston and uh, we were watching a movie on our phone and we watched The Princess Bride, right? That should be... Everybody's seen it. Has anybody not seen it? Has anybody not seen it? We will pause. We'll take two hours. We will watch it, and we'll, we'll come back and pick it up. Great. Yeah. Everybody should be able to quote half the movie. Yes. Then I'll actually refrain from that, and we'll give you homework. And I know I watched it with you. Uh, but there's a point at the end of the movie because I'm assuming everybody has this good reference to the movie, that uh, where Wesley is, is after the Princess Buttercup had been had been supposedly married and comes back and he's laying on the bed and he, he can't move and she's so distraught because she thinks she's been married, right? She's like, I'm so sorry you were my love, I, I betrayed you, I got married. And he's like, no, you didn't. And she's like, "What? no, I was there, <laughs> I was there. I got married and... He said, he responds, did you say I do? And he said, no. And he says, if you didn't say it, you didn't do it. And so if you don't say it, if you don't take the vows, if you don't formally enter into the covenant agreement, you didn't do it. You don't have it. You're not there. You might have some ethereal feelings of that um, we're members of one another and we love each other. And, but if you don't say it, you didn't do it, Right? And it's the importance of vows, it's the importance of public oaths. It's why in, in I'm guessing every society, every governmental uh, institution, the, the the ministers, the uh, the politicians, though they may lie, are standing up there and taking public oaths because they're saying, I'm here to do a job, I'm here to commit myself to a people group, to something, and I am publicly vowing that I'm going to fulfill my duties. And so public vows are, are insanely important in covenant agreement. Um, it's not probably everybody knows of somebody or has known of somebody or a couple, or maybe you've been in that relationship, where you there's two people that live together as if they were married, as if they had made vows, as if they are a family unit, or as if uh, they've gotten married. It's two, two people living together. Uh, and it's always a weird situation i had i knew a family member like this and uh they'd done this for an extended period of time for a decade and they always refer to each other still as like boyfriend and girlfriend but we knew you guys were like buying houses together and stuff and uh and then there's the other relationships where they they've been entering they've been living together for an extended period of time and they call themselves this is my wife or they introduce this is my husband and it's like well you're actually not uh you're actually just faking it um and so because those covenant agreements are really important and it can't just be in my heart I I think we've got this um committed in my heart and I might tell you privately to the side or we might live as if we are right certainly living in covenant agreement living committed to other people is important right I don't want to downplay that but what we haven't done and what we're entering into is a public agreement. Is I know who's with me and who's entering into agreement. And it's not just a guess anymore Of because you're sitting in the pews that we're going to fight for one another, that we're going to be bonded to one another. It's going to be that we are, you heard me take the vows, I heard you take the vows, we looked around the room, we know who each other are, and, and we're committing to one another. And so the document that we're going to sign, that, that those who want to enter into church membership at Grace Christian Fellowship are going to sign, is what you're committing to. And so that, it, uh, it would uh, be inappropriate to, for you to get here on, on next Sunday night and be like, okay, here's it, here it is, here's what you're committing to, uh, read, sign it, and then read it over when you get home. right? That's not what you do when you get married. You're not like, well, we'll go and get married and we'll take the vows and then we'll think about them later right you should be looking at your vows considering do i have what it takes to fulfill them or do do i this part is going to be hard are we discussing that are we are we communicating about it right and so we want to be as a church very clear about what we are committing to and what we're not committing to and so the first thing i would say if you've missed if you didn't get to go to any of the or you missed any of the six church membership teachings. We don't have them on our YouTube, but we do have links we can send out. Mm-hmm. I think they're an hour each. It's like a 40-minute teaching with 20 minutes of Q&A. Uh, so there's six of those. Well, except for one. I think one went yeah. over time. I didn't teach that one. I'm just <laughs> going to say that. You can infer what you want. Uh, but But there's... So if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to see me. If you have any questions about this, this is... Uh, uh, something the elders and i put together and and some people helped us correct grammatically and and so this is what we're committing to and so the importance of that is it should be a, a deep weight on us and so i want to look over this document real quick and just say what are we committing to when we talk about church membership what exactly are we asking of the elders, and what exactly are we asking of the people, of the members? And so the first uh, three paragraphs there, I, your name, confess that there is only one God who created all things for his glory. The one glory, the one God is triune in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so basically, for those first three paragraphs, we are reasserting orthodox faith. If you, could, if you recite the Nicene Creed every week, and we do the Apostles' Creed on the first Sunday of the month, if you could adhere to the Apostles' Creed and Nicene Creed, then that's all the doctrine we want to commit people to. Now, if you, you're going to hear a lot of reform teaching, a lot about the charismatic gifts, you're going to hear a lot about post-millennialism, you're going to hear a lot about pro-life and things like that. You're going to hear that a lot. But that doesn't mean you have to... Adhere to that. It doesn't for us to fellowship together, or for you to be a member. It doesn't mean that you have to believe every nuanced doctrine down a certain set of stairs until you get to that one, because even in the leadership, it's it's uh, it varies to some degree. And but what we do have to commit to is a a base, basic statement of faith that uh, we find in the Nicene and Apostles' Creed, and and so that's all we're asking people to commitment to. If you don't believe in the triune God, we really can't be members of, of one another. That's going to be really hard to fellowship because we're going to get, we're not laying the same foundations. We're not laying the, the same bricks on top of that. And so I was born into sin, deserving of death and punishment, and need a sovereign savior. If you don't think you need Jesus, then it's really going to be hard for us to uh, to be members of one another because we are going in Different directions, right? That Savior is Jesus Christ in whom I have put my faith and trust. Now, I know we all say that and we can commit to this uh, mentally or ethereally, and I know for myself and for everyone else that I say that, but my life sometimes proves otherwise, right? And we'll get to that, but, but we're not asking people to be perfect, but to have a basic statement of faith, the Holy Spirit has by his grace delivered me from the domain of darkness and transferred me to Christ's kingdom in whom I'm sorry in which we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. He will empower me to live a life becoming of a Christian. I rely fully on the grace of the triune God to keep me and preserve me for his glory. If you rely on something else besides grace, it's in our name. If you think you can work on it on your own power, again, we're probably going to be moving in in different directions. Uh, but this is this is basic orthodox Christianity, and so there shouldn't be anything in there too hard. Nothing that you would uh, have heard before. We're not coming out and saying now that there's a new God and He's uh, or anything else, All right? I resolve to love God and receive His grace to the best of my abilities. Right? Just like what Daniel preached about this morning. I'm not asking anybody to receive and do something beyond their abilities. I'm not, we don't, we're not putting everybody on the same gifting playing fields. We're putting everyone on the same sinner playing fields. We all need Christ. We all need a Savior. But not all of us have the same gifting, same abilities. Uh, Romans 12 says that God gave us gifts according to our faith not every one of us even actually has the same level of faith. And we're not asking you to go beyond what God has given you. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes you're going to be like, you'll feel like you are, and, and sometimes that's a lot. I like to just let God push you in that direction. And a lot of times you're going to feel like you're at capacity, and God's like, well, you're like at 40%. <laughs> I think you got a little bit more. Uh, but to the best of my abilities, by, by doing what? By giving as much money as I can? No. By studying his word. We are a a people that if you're going to receive God's grace, you're going to do it by his word. That is the first place you're going to get the grace of God, is by studying his word. And so you're committing yourself to study his word. Right? There's been times in my life where I was able to study scripture and other books for three or four hours and only sleep a few hours a night I don't do that anymore I read a proverb and a psalm in the morning and I try to and while I'm taking my class my online class I'm not reading anything else I'm reading the textbooks that they give me and maybe when that's over I'll go back to reading more scripture and I hope so but right there's we're not saying that everybody has to read the study at the same level. We're saying that as God has given you in your station of life, but you're going to be committed to studying God's word. Being filled regularly with his spirit. If you feel like you could live the Christian life without the spirit, uh, I would hey, go give it a shot. I, I tried that for a little bit. That didn't work uh, and has never worked for anybody else. Um, so regularly being filled with his spirit and being united with the church, right? That's the whole point of membership. You can't be a member uh, outside of other people. You can't be members of yourself, right? Being united. Um, and so there, there might be natural questions like, well, what do you mean by united? What do you mean? Like, we have to, like, what do you mean by united? Well, we'll get to that. The next two paragraphs speak about that. And so so doctrinally and what are we committing ourselves to? Just orthodox Christianity. We're not trying to press anything further. And we're asking everyone to resolve by the grace of God to, to live a Christian life. Right? I resolve to love the other members of Grace Christian Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you don't want to do that, then I don't think membership is for you. <laughs> if you're like, oh, well, hold on, Stephen. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Uh, But you might be asking yourself, like, like when uh, we—it's always interesting just pressing things out. I love going through the biblical counseling courses, and then when you actually uh, do counseling with somebody, because you're like, I'm trying to as fast as I can get to. Do you want to listen to God and His Word or not? And so we have a tendency as humans to to take these. Scripture's like the two greatest commandments are love God and, and love your neighbor. And I'm like, yes, I do that. I love it. I love loving God. And then you read the Bible and you're like, oh, this is what God meant how to love him. This is what God meant how to love your neighbor. I don't do so good at that when I get down to the specifics. And so we're not trying to, I do, I do not want to leave it as a, if we stop there That would be, you get to interpret how you want, I get to interpret how I want, and then when it doesn't line up, we're gonna fight because there was a miscommunication and that's what we wanna avoid. And and it really is okay to feel some apprehension as we go forward through the next two paragraphs. It really is okay to feel that and be like, okay, wait a minute, what do you mean? Uh, And I am glad to explain anything further. And so, how do we love the other members of Grace Christian Fellowship? That is the question. As a local body of Jesus Christ that he has placed me in. And so, I just want to say right right there that we have a high view of the sovereignty of God. And if God has placed you here, if you're here, it's because God has placed you here. You don't, um, in one sense, you don't have to commit to membership. But if God is working in you, if he has placed you here, that would be the, the natural outcome. And so if you are, are wanting, if you're resolving to love the members of Grace Christian Fellowship, you are committing to staying in fellowship. That means the highest priority in us as a congregation between the elders, the members, the members and the members, the elders and the, the elders, is staying in fellowship. Not getting bitter. Not causing divisions. Being different, but staying unified. That is number one. These are the people we're going to walk with. These are the people we're going to fight with. These are the people we're going to fight for. These are the people that we might, we're going to have differences, and and but we're going to stick it with one another to the end. Right? You, uh, if you don't like that, then then... You should ask your spouse, if you have a spouse, what they think about that <laughs> towards them, right? Over and over in the, the membership um, teachings, I was saying membership is, the covenant is much more like a, a marriage. That is probably the best picture of a covenantal union, my life for yours. I give my life, you give yours. When you don't give your life and you hold back, I'm going to still give mine. And when I'm being a butthead, I hope you're still giving, <laughs> Right, because that's what we need. That is priority number one, fellowship. Right, not um, not breaking, not not just. I don't want to use breaking up in uh, a wrong sense, but not not breaking fellowship. Not well, these people sit at this table during the fellowship hour, and I've got something uh, a little bit against them. They're kind of nerdy or something, and so I'm going to sit over here, or they said something bad, or they're a little bit weird, or they're a little bit smelly, or they're not like me, and so we don't fellowship, because it's, it's going to be hard, right? But even within in members of, of the church, not sectioning ourselves off, right? We're committed to fellowshipping, communing, living together, not living together, we're not a commune, just to make that clear. Uh, uh, but communing, fellowshipping, living life together, not just seeing you on Sunday. Forgiving, right? That would be the, the foundational attitude that we should have among one another is forgiveness. That's, that's kindergarten Christianity. That's, that's not high level. That's not graduate level Christianity. Forgiveness every day. Restoring, right? When we do sin, that uh, I'm not just saying, "Well, that guy was a butthead," and 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 letting letting him go, right? That's what Daniel read out of Galatians six. He didn't read the first couple of verses. It says, "Whoever's spiritual, restore one another in a spirit of gentleness." Right? We're committing to restoring one another when someone's fallen into sin. That we're not just like, "Oh well, they've sinned. See you later." Hope you find a good church. Uh, because you're out of this one. That's not what that's not how Christ called us to live. Right? Whether someone fell into sin or whether there's just a, a broken relationship between us, right? We should be committed to to restoration. Restoring that. Speaking the truth in love. Walking in the light, right? That we're we are people committed to not just speaking the truth, but speaking it in love. That's in Ephesians. Walking in the light, right? It's really hard to fellowship and commune and restore, restore relationships if we're not walking in the light, if we're not um, con- confessing sin, confessing hurt, uh, uh, um, and being open with people, right? It's very hard. It always stays on the surface if you, if you can't get past that. Promoting unity, right? Right? Um, I don't want to see a show of hands, but it would be interesting. Please don't show your hands. How many people, like even just in, in, in our congregation, have seen like, oh, I know that this relationship is a little, something's going on there. It seems a little, a little, uh, uh, a little broken, right? It seems like something's going on, right? It's, this isn't just a commitment that you'll have the elders or the pastors tell you what to do and that they'll see it and they'll take care of it. I hope they do, but you're actually committing to, oh, I see that this relationship looks like it's going through some trouble. I noticed this person's kid said something and this person's kid and that parent took offense, and now this family isn't isn't fellowshipping together, right? Like you're committing to if you uh, to to seeing that and saying, Hey, I noticed that that you guys had a fight, what's going on, and 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 promoting unity, right? Um and I'll just add one more little, one more little piece of a. Uh, I don't know if it's advice, but in there, uh, I really hate when people gossip. I mean, I like to hear it sometimes because I'm a, I'm a, a sinful guy and I like drama sometimes. But, uh, uh, but that's not what we should be promoting. When um, I've had several times. I mean, this just happens everywhere. Not specifically in our congregation, but with family members, with where people. People tell you their problems all the time, and they love to tell you other people's problems more often. And so it is not unifying to receive gossip about other people, especially in our congregation. It's not loving. It's not loving to the person who's talking or to the person who the gossip is about. And so we're asking our members not to do that, not to even receive gossip, because it doesn't promote unity. It only causes division and peace in in the church, right? Um, Does anyone not want peace? Right, I don't think anyone's against that one. There was a, what I loved about our old building, if you're at our old building, we had those red foam uh, things around the the metal pillars in the basement. It's because we could like, the guys could like wrestle and push each other into them. (laughs) Right, that's, that's a different kind of of peace, just among <laughs> brothers, right? You shouldn't be doing... But we, sh- we should be promoting peace in the church, right? That's what we're about. Having been water baptized, right? We, we do put some fences. Christ puts some fences around membership. If you haven't been water baptized, that's the fence. That's the introductory step to receiving Christ, getting water baptized, and, and become a member. That's the only... Um, walk through, unless you can't commit to the doctrinal statements or you you don't want to read the Bible and you're committing to not reading the Bible and uh, not loving the other members of Grace Christian Fellowship, right? The only uh, fence we see biblically is if you haven't been water-baptized. And that doesn't mean you can't become a member. I wouldn't be like, if you came up to me and I'm like, Stephen, I really love this, but I can't be a member. I haven't been water baptized. I'd be like, well, let's we got the baptismal out here. Let's go fill it up. Let's get you baptized by next Sunday. <laughs> um, and so having, that's, the, and that's just the uh, what we see scripturally is the fence that Christ draws for membership and and covenant in a local body. Uh now we when we get to the uh, call to the table i'll just mention it quickly we don't draw any fences around the the table we don't the only fence we draw is or that we say and we don't regulate it is that you should be water baptized you should be have a love for christ you and and you should be in um, uh, faithful you should be in you shouldn't have any uh, oversight or discipline from the body of Christ. And so those are the only fences we talk about at the table, but we welcome, we don't ask like new people like, hey man, have you been, like before you grab that cup, have you been baptized? Uh, did you have any fights with any other uh, Christians? Did you like leave a church and, and come here? Uh, and did you not take that well or something? No, we don't, we don't ask, that we just say welcome. Christ is inviting you, and we hope that the Lord... Um, lead you in, in the right direction in that. It's because that we believe that it's an open invitation, right? We believe that's an open invitation to commune with Christ. We believe it's, an, and it's the cup of blessing, and it's the cup of curse in the same cup. And so you are drinking that on yourself. And so you shouldn't take it in an unworthy way, but but we don't regulate that, if that makes sense. But being water baptized is would be the, maybe primary or foundational step after becoming a Christian in in obedience. And so having been water baptized, I seek, I want to, I'm willing to commit myself to the elders and other members of Grace Christian Fellowship. Well, what does that mean? We'll get, uh, well, we talked about the other members. I resolve to, this is where most people have have hang-ups, to be honest with you. I resolve to follow, obey, and submit to the government. That's the government of Grace Christian Fellowship. You should submit to the government. The Bible tells you to, the United States government. Uh, the discipline and the spiritual oversight of the elders of Grace Christian Fellowship. Right? That actually, what it, That's what it means to be in a covenant membership in a body of Christ, is there's essentially two lists, one of the elders, one of the members and the elders have something they're committing to, and the members have something they're committing to. They give themselves one way, and they, the other group gives themselves in another way. But they're both giving themselves. And so for the members, I resolve to follow, obey, and submit to the, the church government. And so um, just in our culture, we have a huge... There's, there's generally this ethos of rebellion, in nonconformity, in in, uh, uh, in bucking the norm, I just I just have this natural inclination. When we're at a, a stoplight or stop sign that says no turn on red, I'm like, that's not for me. That's for the idiots who can't look left, <laughs> can't turn right, and we have this natural inclination like that's not that sign's not for me. And so, but. That's not what Christ is calling us to. If we have a problem with, with obedience, Christ, the, the Scriptures call wives to submit to their husbands, to obey their husbands. It calls for people to obey the government. It calls for slaves to obey their masters. There's obedience and, and submission is all throughout Scripture. And it should be a level in the church and a level of restoration, a, a way to lead you closer to Christ, and a way of protecting and so as a shepherd, the three main roles of a shepherd is to lead, to, uh, to feed, and to protect. And so we have an inclination, human nature, to say, I will let you lead me where I want to go. And it looks like leading, and it looks like you're following until it's, well, I was going to go this way, but if you want me to go this way, right? It gets hard. Uh, you can't submit to anything you want to do. Submission, in the very nature of it, means you don't want to do it, right? And I really get that. I, I, feel, I feel sympathy for my wife because it says that the, the Ephesian passage is very clearly that wives have to submit to their husbands. I don't want to get into that now, but I, I can sympathize because it also tells me in Romans 13 that I have to submit to the government, and I find that hard sometimes, if you guys know me. Uh, it's, it's, we're all called to submit in some way, and that is for our protection. That's for a blessing because God is sovereign. And so what we're, um, what we're not asking, what this doesn't mean is submit blindly, obey blindly, or obey unbiblical things if if any of the elders or a pastor tells you that you have to buy a red car you do not have to obey that right there's no biblical precedent for that there's no and that's kind of a silly example but we've all heard stories where where uh, elders or pastors have overstepped their authority and so if you go back to I resolve to by his grace study his word you should start you should go back there and and know as like what Daniel talked about this morning the um the the sphere of authority and of of garden that God has placed you in and and know that for others and so i would hope that the elders don't ask you to obey or submit to something unbiblical but guess what we're fallen people there's also miscommunications and so you have uh, uh have a responsibility to to know um the bounds of authority and so because Hebrews uh, thirteen seventeen says, uh, "Obey your leaders and submit to them." Clearly, talking about the shepherds, because they're the ones who are watching over your souls. And so, when a shepherd is trying to feed us broccoli, sometimes all we want is candy, right? And it's like we we get into this 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 rebellious state. And so, you're resolving to follow, obey, and submit to the church government, to the discipline. Now, I, we don't currently have anybody under church discipline. It's, it's very few and far between, and we try to, as much as possible, well, we we ought to only take a biblical approach of Matthew eighteen of, well, if uh, if there is a, uh, a a quarrel or there's a real, real sin issue, talking to that person one on one, talking to them again. Trying to help them. Is this, a, is this an issue that they need counseling for? Or is this an issue that they need discipline for? Right? And it's very, uh, we, I just know uh, within the eldership that, that they and, and the leadership takes a very slow approach to church discipline. But, but I'm submitting myself to the church discipline. Because if I need it, that's what's best for me. And the spiritual oversight of the elders of Grace Christian Fellowship right, Uh, uh, an overseer, an elder, uh, leads, feeds, and protects. And our natural inclination is to do whatever I want, to go my own way. I've got this. Don't feed me this. I don't want that, right? Uh, When we we were in Texas since Wednesday, Wednesday to Saturday, and we got a lot of really good food, when Daniel asked me this morning, so I was texting this, I was like, this is what we ate. That's what I was excited about. Like, we had brisket. We had this jalapeno thing that was like filled with brisket and, and cream cheese. And then it was wrapped in bacon. And that was deep fried. It was amazing. Uh, but I would hope that my wife is like, you shouldn't eat that <laughs> every day. <laughs> you, uh, you should eat some vegetables every once in a while, I hear. And, and you should drink enough water, right? We have uh, uh, anybody with small children, um, or you know, children under 10, uh, it's not as small, knows that you have to like, constantly tell them to drink water, or else they're just gonna like, run around and get dehydrated, and then they're gonna feel sick, and then they're like, did you drink any water today? And they're like, no, right? They're, they can't govern themselves on a simple thing like drinking water, usually. Right? We need, every one of us, from the bottom to the top, need spiritual oversight. We need to submit ourselves. And and I, I want to make it clear, if you didn't listen to the teachings, it's not the elders hovering over everybody and they don't need spiritual oversight because they've ascertained the next level in some kind of um, weird way and they don't need any spiritual oversight. That's not true. We all need it, right? The Bible makes provisions for um, uh, what happens if, if an elder falls into sin or if somebody in any type of authority falls into sin um, and how, how to restore them. And so we, none of us can go without spiritual oversight. That is a dangerous place to be. And when we're committing ourselves to membership, that is probably, besides the, the fellowship, the unity, the being together, the togetherness, is we're submitting ourselves to oversight. I want someone watching out for me. And I, I, want, I want to know who those people are, and those are the elders. And if I feel like I'm going adrift, and I want them to come and save me. I want them to come and, and say, hey, Stephen, we see you. I saw you yell at your wife. What are you doing? What's going on? Right? I want that. We can't be out there alone. I don't want to be out there on an island. And I hope none of us do. Um, And so the last line there says, I solemnly swear to fulfill my commitment by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're not asking anybody to be perfect. We're not asking everybody to... Uh, be completely sanctified we 're asking everybody to grab a hold of christ to to meet him in his word, be filled with the spirit communion with his church, grab a hold of the grace that he 's freely giving, and run with it in your station of life where you 're at and do it with and commit to that with other people right we 're not asking you to just try harder we 're not asking um, you to do it and and uh, I'm not asking everybody to run at twelve miles an hour for three point one miles for a five K, right? It might might take someone two hours. It might take someone uh whatever a fast five K is. I wouldn't even know. I don't wanna know. I don't wanna know by experience. Um and so we're not asking and saying that you have to do this because you've committed to it and 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 you're not acting like a Christian. We're asking you by the means of God's grace, meet with Jesus, commune with him, commune with, with, with other Christians. And so as we uh, come to the table today, that's what what the communion table embodies, that's what it means, we're communing, we're communing together, right? It's not that we're just communing with Christ, we're communing with one another. When we're saying that the body of Christ was Was broken and his blood was spilled he's in a sense putting that back together when we take it together Mm -hmm. right so um uh as i was mentioning earlier we don't draw uh hard fences around the table i think because i think christ is everybody that's here christ is welcoming everybody Mm -hmm. Um, we do say that if you're under church discipline which nobody that i know is or or um, uh, generally in church history, if you haven't been baptized, a lot of churches draw that fence, but we actually just say welcome. Come to Christ. Meet with him. Grab a hold of the grace that is, that's, is getting delivered to you. And so the table that we come to is we're not just communing with Christ. We're communing with, with one another. Be aware that in, in 1 Corinthians that the the biggest uh, qualm that Paul has with the Corinthian church is that they're disrespecting and mistreating other members of the church. It's not that their doctrine was off. It's not when they come together that there's these large heresies. Um, It was that they weren't treating the other members properly. And he said, don't come to the table in a disrespectful way. Meaning, don't come to the table disrespecting not this body, but this body. Right? He said, come, don't come in an unworthy manner. Don't come with, uh, with, with prideful, selfish motives that you're feeding yourselves or getting drunk beforehand and leaving others, leaving others behind. And so as we come today, we're not just partaking of the body of Christ. We're partaking of the body of Christ. And that's what... what the Lord is inviting us into. So come, let us dine with Christ.